0: Mindfulness Mode 411.
1: And so when we're shooting all over ourselves, it's because we're making judgment calls on someone else's perception.
0: Reach new heights of calm, focus and happiness. So glad to have you join us here in Mindfulness Mode today. And today I have a guest on who can help us all release judgment and past conditioning. You might have seen that in the title. What a great thing if we can truly release those things from our minds. By the way, I've recently recorded a new free meditation to help you get more focused. It's just for you, Mindful Tribe. With more focus, you know, you can get more of the things done in life that truly matter to you. On the meditation, I talk about waves and how the waves can bring you calm and become more relaxed, peaceful, and content. To calm your mind and relax your body, just go to mindfulnessmode.com forward slash waves of content. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with the bubbly Phoebe. Mindful Tribe, I have a very interesting, very outgoing, passionate, fun guest with me today. I've got, I've got Phoebe Murachek with me today. Hey Phoebe, are you in mindfulness mode today?
1: I am in mindfulness mode today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: awesome. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And uh, I'm going to just read a bit about you, but before I do, um, tell us what mindfulness means to you, Phoebe.
1: So to me, mindfulness is really being present and being grateful in the current moment and just embracing life for where you are at the moment.
0: I love how you included being grateful because I think gratitude is a huge part of mindfulness. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, so Phoebe Miracek is a podcaster. She's a marketing strategist and she's an explorer. She helps online entrepreneurs create a profitable business that is a reflection of who you are and what you want. And, you know, it's crazy, but a lot of us can't figure that out, can we? (laughs) She's the host of the Unbecoming podcast. And it's a show that helps entrepreneurs release judgment, expectations, and past conditioning to refine their metrics of success and live a fun free and fulfilling life and if that doesn't tie in with mindfulness Phoebe I don't know what does over over the past few years she's built an online marketing business that's helped establishing established entrepreneurs refine their paid ad and launch strategies she's created a podcast she co-hosted with over 900,000 downloads and she's organized various events and masterminds and online communities and things like that she is done so many cool things like diving with great white sharks and she's camped in the serengeti she's she motorbiked across europe i mean your life is just so exciting phoebe <laughs> <This is laughs>
1: it's cool. funny to hear when people read it back and you're like "Wow, that's so funny you know because bios to me are just i i just find bios to be quite funny anyway because they're you try to put together what actually makes sense for who you are and how do you express that and so it's it's always nice to hear little things that people take out and even that you're pulling out of it because things that resonate with you and your listeners and the show so it's it's funny to hear.
0: Well, Phoebe, I want to talk about your inner poet because when I listen to your podcast it's like whoa. Like you you just It's just so juicy how you explain the passion you have for poetry and you talk about the quote. Well, I'm going to share it right now. It says this, maybe the journey isn't so much about becoming anything. Maybe it's about unbecoming everything that isn't really you so that you can be who you were meant to be in the first place. And I just think that is so awesome. And that's how you came up with the name of your podcast.
1: It and is. It's When I heard that quote, I just thought, what a great reflection of what I've gone through in my life and how I believe that we live in this world of just so much expectation and judgment put on us and you know, self-induced pressure. And how do you turn that around and strip away all the things that you think you're supposed to be you know the supposed tos and really step into a life of meaning and a life of fulfilling free fun life that makes sense for you who you are and how do you express that in the world and how do you want to show up for the people you love and care about you know which ties so beautifully into the mindfulness um you know a, a mission of mindfulness for sure
0: it, it really does tie into that. And so tell us about your struggles. You know, before all this amazing stuff happened that I shared in the bio, what were you going through?
1: Yeah, so I I talk a lot about seasons of life. And so in the early season of my life, it was I'm from a very, I would say, high performing family. And so I wasn't really sure where I fit in because the there was a lot of pressure in my family. And I don't know if that was spoken or unspoken, probably more so unspoken to be the best at something, whatever it was. And I'm from this family where everybody had their role. It was the smart one, the pretty one, the, you know, and I kind of slotted in as, well, I'm going to be the athletic one. And so being the athletic one didn't allow me to explore other things. It was great. I ended up going on to reach my childhood dream of being a Division I college soccer player, which was great. But then I got there and thought, wow, not just is this it, but, well, now what? Now everybody knows me as the one thing, the athlete, and I haven't explored any other part of my life that could provide any sort of fulfillment. And so I ended up quitting soccer and went through a huge identity crisis of who am I? What am I here to do? What is, you know, the one purpose for my life? And there was so much pressure on choosing the next right thing. And so that has been a constant struggle and challenge in my life is, okay, so if I'm not the athlete anymore, then who am I? Okay, well, now I'm the entrepreneur. Now I'm the adventurer. And it was one foot in this box. And I that was or that was the only box that I could be in. And so only in the last five years have I realized that it's so incredibly limiting to limit yourself to one box. And what if I kind of straddled the box and put my foot in another box? And what if this label that I have put on myself, what if I just took that away and stripped it down and just saw, well, I'm me. And today that means X and tomorrow it could be totally different. So giving myself permission to figure that out and be the person that I want to be and that I know I am. So there's no more of this becoming all these things. It's like, well, what if I just strip that down and figure out who I actually was in the first place before all this, all these labels and all this judgment? kind of came into my life. So that was the primary struggle for me.
0: Right. It sounds like you just have so much wisdom. It really does, Phoebe. And I know you've done a lot of traveling. You've traveled to more than 60 countries. Do you think some of your wisdom has come to you because of your travels and your explorations?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I am a traveler through and through. It's something that will always be a huge part of my life because how you, you know, it's the, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And when I look at how I travel, I do best in life in general, when I don't know the rules. And so I lived in China for three years and living there, there kind of are no rules. And then there are a lot of rules. And so it's trying to figure out how do I, how do I figure this out? How do I piece my life together? And so that is a constant in my life. As far as when I travel somewhere, I observe myself so much. And that's really where, you know, you're talking about the inner poet. For me, it's, I'm all my brain thinks in analogies and I think constantly about, oh my gosh, I'm on a scooter in Bali right now and I can't see what's in front of me. You know, it's dark and I can only see what my lights will show me. Whoa. What if we just thought about life that way? And what if we only focused on what's right in front of us, mindfulness, you know, and mm-hmm. as opposed to where we're actually going? Like if we just put po- focus right now on what we can see, how much more fulfilling? How much more would we actually appreciate the present moment where we are? So,
0: I totally agree. What was the scariest thing you ever did? Was it when you were diving with the great white sharks?
1: <laughs> that was—I mean—that was more fun, you know. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> it? It was terrifying, but really, you know, to be f- completely honest, the the scariest thing I think I did was starting my podcast. Really, truly, um, beyond. Camping in the Serengeti and doing all, you know, that we had an elephant walk through our camp. It was just insane and so fun. But those are the things that, you know, get your adrenaline and those are your adrenaline pumping and, and really help you to appreciate where you are at the moment. And there's no other way around it. But when you're I just I when I was starting my podcast, I had just left a podcast that had, you know, almost a million downloads. And to really go out on my own, I'm used to being behind the scenes and to put myself out there as, hey, I'm the person who's unbecoming, right? I, which has a double meaning, which again, I really appreciate that unbecoming side. Um, you know, it's unbecoming of a woman, of a, you know, of a female to talk about some of the things I want to talk about. And I think that's part of the fun of the word unbecoming. But when I looked at what that represented for me that I was leading the charge on this. So I have to lead by example, which means I have to help, you know, basically document my own unbecoming process and it can be messy and it can be ugly. You've listened to my show and you're like, Oh, I know so much about my, you know, about your life. I'm like, yeah. And that's being amplified to a lot of people and people get to hear my story, which is sometimes exciting and other times really scary. So I've had a lot of, terrifying moments but you
0: co-hosted with James Wedmore right on the mind your business show and you were great on that show but I'm so surprised to hear that it was your biggest fear to start your own show was it because you became so comfortable in that co-host chair that you felt like it was going to be difficult to be your own person is that why
1: yeah and I felt like the next thing had to be the right thing and it had to be the best thing and Mm. so that again goes back to what I was talking about with the soccer stuff. It was like, okay, well now all eyes on me and what am I going to do next? And I felt so much pressure to release something right away. And then I just decided, you know what? I need to take a step back. I need to just really reevaluate and why am I doing this? So it's also become the most incredible journey. I have loved every moment of it. It's the most fun thing I do in <laughs> in my life and business at the moment. It's so fun because I just get to share myself with people and I don't know how that's going to be received but I do it for me and for the people that write in and tell me you know stories that why where our stories intersect and how they find inspiration from what I'm writing or what I'm talking about and so it was that scary like can I do this on my own is there do I have a message
0: Well, you definitely have a message and you're on episode 62. So you shared a lot of those messages. But what blows me away is you're just so relaxed. It just sounds like you're so relaxed and so upfront and just who you are and you're sharing about your life and sharing about your opinions. And, uh, you know, it just comes across as being so refreshing because I think in our society, so many of us are not comfortable sharing who we truly are.
1: Absolutely. It, it's scary, right? It's when you put your yeah. heart on the line. And yeah. I talk to a, a lot of my clients when we talk about you're going into a launch or you're going into, you know, you're selling a program or a course, that's you in a program, right? And so mm. I I like to liken it to a man who's about to propose, right? And you're, your hands all sweaty and you're shaky and you're down on your knee and you have no idea how it's going to be received. Your heart is fully on the line here. And that's how it feels when you're putting anything out into the world, whether it's your voice through podcasting, which is what I love, I love to podcast, or it's through a course or a program, or you're, you know, you're reading somebody's book, somebody's poetry, and you're receiving them, which is just a really cool concept and something I think about all the time, actually.
0: <laughs> you talk about on your show about this should mentality and how we're shooting all over, you know, we can be shooting all over ourselves. Can you tell us some, pers- some of your perspective of this?
1: totally so i just when i started to really listen to my what was going on in the inner dialogue i just realized well all these things that i had set up for my life was because i should do that i should you know another really scary moment for me was moving back to the us i had been overseas for 7 years and and i felt like well i have i don't know where else to go i should probably move closer to my family because that's just what you do and then i realized well wait a minute, if I have a choice, full choice, which I do in my life, what do I actually want to do? And you know, we were, you said earlier that sometimes we don't know what we want. Well, we always know what we want. We're just not asking ourselves the right questions. Mm. And so when we're shooting all over ourselves, it's because we're making judgment calls on someone else's perception, right? So I think that my family believes that I should be closer to them well, maybe they just want me to be happy. So wherever that is, and and that's truly when I start to step into that, then I realize I show up as a much more present, lovable, you know, likable person that is in full support of them because now I'm in full support of myself. So when I can get to that point in me, I can share that with other people and it makes me a lot more fun to be around.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it, it it is a lot more fun to be around people like that. And you know, you you talk about, you know, all these categories and these boxes you used to put yourself on in and that's kind of like judging. Really, it's basically judging where you should be or where you think you should be. I'd like to talk a little bit more about how you're able to let go of that because I know you are and I know that's what your podcast is about, but my listeners may not have heard your podcast. So I want you to share with us about how you do let go of those desires to put yourself in categories.
1: So I can't say that I'm an expert in it, right? I never claim to be an expert in any of this because it still shows up for me all the time when all of a sudden I'm in a conversation and I can just hear myself and I'm not being honest, right? So that's the first thing is really being honest with yourself. And what does that look like for everyone? It's going to be something different. It could be in terms of meditation and visualization. And so you're just getting honest with where you are at the current moment. So that looks like for me, it's, it was auditing my life and seeing what parts of my life, what categories, what um, different areas was I not as far ahead as I want, right? Not as anybody else, you know, I'm not in a relationship. I'm not all these things that, you know, society tells us we should be. So auditing your life and figuring out where you are and really coming to terms and peace and acceptance and gratitude with that, because that's going to be, the blueprint for how you proceed in the future right so when you are now okay my health and fitness is kind of suffering a little bit well great what would make you know it's a four on a one to ten scale well what would make it a ten and just getting really honest about your values I think your values is a really good one a really good place to start as well is if you put everything in alignment with what you value so for me it's travel and adventure that I kind of lump that into one Um, learning and connection. So everything I'm doing at the moment is just in alignment with that. And if it's not, it's an easy, no, and it's an easy, okay, well now I realize that this is not, this is not a priority for me. And I think your values change and evolve, but really figuring out, you know, asking yourself the right questions. What do I value? What do I want to be remembered for? Who do I want to be remembered by? Um, you know, what do I really want to be doing? And for my entrepreneurial friends, it's a lot of, my question is not the, um, people talk all the time, If money were no object. I'm like, well, if I inherited a $200 million company that was going to sustain me for life, what do I hope that business is doing? And those are the answers. When I'm journaling, when I'm meditating, when I'm visualizing, the things that are coming up for me is really that's the magic and that's where now i can see what that life could look like
0: and phoebe how much journaling do you do and does it take on a certain format or do you just sit down and write tell us about that
1: yeah so i um i crave variety so i'm not somebody who can sit down and journal every morning if i go through a period or phase when that is what i want to do then that's great but what i do is i incorporate it into as an option in my morning routine so my philosophy in my head, I have I don't think I've ever really shared this, but when I talk about it, um, it's, I want to get three wins before 9am. And that's the winning athlete mentality in my head that is, you know, I want to win before I even start the day. And so how do I set myself up for a win? And so journaling is an option. It's also, you know, I make my bed or I can, and I just choose three of the things. So I can make my bed, I can journal, I can meditate, I can do a visualization, I can do some exercise, I can take a cold shower, I can read, I, you know, so those are things that um, I have available to me at any point. And so I just tried to do three of those. It's very consistent. And it also allows me to have that kind of adventure variety that I'm after in my life anyway. So that's kind of the, the form it takes on.
0: Cool. How do cold showers enhance your life?
1: Oh, well, first of all, they're terrible. <laughs> People ask me like, oh, that's so great. Do you love it? I'm like, no, I hate it. But, you know, you do it because it's it's really good for your vitality. It's great to kind of get your body, your blood pumping. Um, it's also, I mean, the health benefits are really great. I don't actually really care that much. I just know that it's really great for you. But what I do is because it's uncomfortable. So I'm constantly trying to stretch myself. I'm trying to do something that makes me a little bit uncomfortable every day and whatever that looks like. So that's something that's a challenge I put out to myself. And then if I do a cold shower, I'm like, okay, well then before nine o'clock, I've already committed to something that I talk about all the time, which is getting out of your a getting out of your own way and getting out of your comfort zone to really stretch yourself and understand what you're capable of.
0: I think that's so true. I totally believe that. And, uh, I've been doing cold showers since November 20th every day and uh, oh. then ice immersion as well. Like, you know, and, and I'm like, man, I feel so alive. Yes. I feel like I have so much courage and strength. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. And without it, I kind of like, Oh, I feel kind of dull and I better go take a cold shower. <laughs> it, it just is amazing, isn't it? How it makes you feel so alive.
1: Absolutely. And you get out and you just think, Wow, okay, all right, I can I'm ready to go out and conquer the day and whatever yeah. that looks like. So that's right. For sure. I can't believe you do those. That's your <laughs> well, I mean, every day since November, that is very courageous. Yeah, every <laughs>
0: day. Like, and I and I freeze ice every day so I can get really like immersed in really icy cold water. Uh and now the cold showers don't seem as cold because you know, mm-hmm. with ice they can be a lot colder. But I follow Wim Hof, who is all yep. about you know you know about Wim Hof right
1: yep exactly yeah but i think that's such a great analogy for life right it's like what you just yeah. said which if i can do that what you know i can do anything or right? what else can i do what else can my body i you know a lot of like get I, for me mindfulness is like getting into your body and so from that perspective if you look at anything that you're going through in life it's just a matter of doing it because you know you can do it and we talk ourselves out of it and our brains are very dangerous places sometimes and so if you actually just go and you do it for you it's a cold shower same with me and then I'm like well if I could do that I can do anything you know or I can do it a little bit longer next time or whatever it is so that's a great analogy
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I know in the bio, it says you're a marketing strategist. Is that what you do most of the time to, you know, as your career to earn money? And if so, tell us about that. What kind of strategy do you offer people?
1: Yeah, so my business has evolved quite a bit over the last couple of years. So originally, as you mentioned in the bio, I started off with like paid advertising. And then I moved into creating marketing funnels. So basically start to purchase how somebody finds you to when they actually buy from you, I'm helping to design that experience. And then that moved into, okay, well, now how do we actually just build a business that is an extension or a reflection of who we are? And so now it's straddling the fence, right? I I had a hard time grasping or communicating, am I a marketing or business coach or am I a personal coach? And I just thought, well, and so for so long, for probably a year, I really struggled back and forth with which one am I? And then I decided, oh yeah, I'm an and person. I am not an either or. So that is what I, that's now how I can help people. I have the marketing background. I understand how, how to communicate your business effectively. But I also believe that what people don't focus on is this element of positioning, which stems from who you are and knowing who you are. So if you haven't done the personal work, Um, You know, everyone talks about the strategies, the what's and the how's and Simon Sinek came in and said, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And I think it goes one step beyond that, which is people buy who you are, before they ever buy why you do what you do. And so if you can actually really refine that, and understand who you are, and why you're here and what you're supposed to do in the world, in this moment, then we can go on to communicate, you know, communicate that and we create your why from that, which helps to connect people and then the what strategies, so I am sort of the beginning person that you come to, to to figure out the who piece. So from a personal development angle, from a marketing angle, you know, you tell me your story, we refine it. And then I come in and say, okay, now this is how we're going to communicate it. And here's broken down in the next 90 days, what we're going to focus on. So whether that's social media, whether that's uh, email marketing, you know, all anything and everything is fair game. But Everyone needs an action plan and a step by step process. So I, that's how my brain thinks I'm step by step by step. So I kind of married the two. And then once you go on to create your products and, and that then, you know, maybe you come back to refine a strategy, but that's ultimately what I do for my clients.
0: Wow. It sounds like it's such a gift to your clients because so many of us who are creative sometimes just feel, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but just feel all over the place sometimes, right? Oh, I can do this. I can write a song. I can, I can journal. I can do all these things. But speaking of all these things, do you, well, you mentioned you meditate. What's your meditation look
1: like? So I actually just recently downloaded the insight timer. So I've been, yep, I've been using that, but I have a really hard time with guided meditations for some reason. I just, I can't focus. So I'm focused so much on the, on the person's voice and I'll be like, Oh, that's distracting. And so Mm -hmm. what I, I really uh, have been working with the, so the insight timer, but just setting my limit. So I meditate for seven minutes. um, And in that seven minutes, it depends on kind of how I'm feeling, right? I'm very like, in the moment, this is how I'm feeling. This is how I'm not feeling. I really like just plain normal breathing. But what I, I think works the best for me is almost like a heartbeat meditation. So I feel my heart and I just focus on my heartbeat as opposed to my breathing. Um, because I find when I'm in any kind of breathing meditation, I worry that maybe I'm not breathing deep enough. And, you know, just Mm. all this noise as opposed to my heartbeat is going to be very consistent. And I know, you know, I, I can feel it and it really brings me into a, a present moment. So seven minutes usually.
0: Well, that's, that's cool. I don't, uh, Use guided meditations myself. There was a time when I did. I find that a lot of my clients like guided meditation, but I like silent meditation, yeah. much like you're describing. So, yeah, that's that's cool that you do that. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you about your father. I know you mentioned when we first got on on the call before I hit record that your father played the accordion. What kind of feelings does that bring up for you? Because my father did too.
1: It's just such a so that's why I brought it up because I was listening to your episode. And, and as I shared with you, I heard you say it and I was kind of away from my phone, but I could hear it. And I was like, did he just say the accordion? Because it's just such a unique, a unique instrument, right? And so not that many people hear about it or listen to it or anything. And so when I heard it, even now, like just talking about it, I have full body chills because it is, it just is such a reminder to me that, you know, I'm always looking for signs and we get to, to say what the signs mean to us. And for me, it's just such a reminder that my dad is here and that he's around and he, you know, brings up a lot of feelings of pride and happiness and, um, you know, and just that I know that he's here. So a lot of comfort as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My dad loved to watch the Lawrence Welk TV show, which often had accordion players on it. My dad
1: was one of the first I can't remember the exact thing, but he was one of the first accordion players on the New Jersey radio That's all I know. So he was, he always played, but when we got, you know, when we were kids, he would only play at Christmas and so he would come and, you know, we'd all like sit around kind of like the Von Trapp family, you know, and he'd like, he'd play his accordion. And I just have such fond memories of that. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's really, really cool. Well, I always ask a question about bullying and I know like sometimes we talk about how we bully ourselves or, or sometimes there's an experience we've had where, you know, Hey, I bullied somebody one time and this is what I learned from it. Do you have a story to share with us about bullying, Phoebe?
1: So, you know, growing up, I don't, I I didn't feel like bullying was really that present in, in my schooling. But again, I probably just wasn't aware of it. So I think the bully for me has always been the inner bully, right? right? It's right. always that kind of defeating, you're not good enough voice that you don't know enough, you're not smart enough, you're not this enough. And so that has been something I've battled, I mean, my whole life and I still do. And it prevents me from doing the things that I really want to do. So if I can just like know that she's there and with my clients, we talk all about, you know, what we name it. Like we name her and we're like, oh God, you know, sassy Sally is coming out again. Here we go. You know, and, and that's not me, right? That's just yeah. this voice that's trying to keep me small and comfortable, but that's the opposite of what I want. So for me, con- you know, constantly when I bump up against something with the podcast or, you know, I'm starting a new podcast in a couple of weeks and, and that, I just have to stay in the momentum of the present moment and the momentum of I can do this. And when that voice pops up in my head, well, what if nobody listens? What if no one cares? And then I just say, well, what if the opposite is true, right? What if people do listen and what if they do care and what if this is a value because it's valuable to me. So it's knowing and and acknowledging that she's there and she'll always be there, but just not letting her, you know, take the microphone (laughs) basically of my life. So just being really aware of that.
0: Yeah, I I love that. Yeah, don't let her have the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Get her away from the microphone.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Back off. You know, I have enough going on in my life. I don't need, you know, I have enough people in my life. I don't need you showing up all the time to, you know, try to keep me from doing the amazing things that I want to do in the world.
0: Well, and you do a lot of amazing things, and you have done a lot of amazing things. You know, I know that from your podcast. Uh, I want to move ahead with five quick answer questions. And the first one, Phoebe, is who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life?
1: Um, I would say, I mean, people that I know personally or books that I've read. It
0: could be, a yeah, it could be an author. It could be a mentor. It could be somebody you haven't even met, or it could be a friend or a relative.
1: You know, I'm actually going to go with my dad, which seems like a pretty cliche answer, but I would say my dad prior to, or sorry, af- after he passed away, to be honest, because that was something that I really had to become present with my feelings, with my emotions, and with who I was, so, and who I am. Um, and so I think he's taught me a ton after he passed away, which seems a little counterintuitive, but um, that's the truth.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Phoebe?
1: It has showed me that I am, it's actually allowed me to be the emotional human that I am. I, I tended to suppress that a lot growing up. And so mindfulness allows me just this confidence and a comfort knowing that my emotions are valid and that they're directing me in the right way always.
0: We talked about cold showers, but we didn't talk about breathing how is breathing part of your mindfulness?
1: So in my, bre- whenever I do a breathing meditation, I'm constantly just trying to stay grounded, trying to st- Stay in this place. So when I'm breathing, it is just a reminder of being really alive. I talk about that I'm an advocate for really living. And so when you are breathing, you're living, and it's something I'm great at. And in moments that I don't feel like I'm good at anything and I'm having a breakdown, I remember that I'm great at breathing. <laughs> so that helps me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's cool. Can you recommend a book related to mindfulness?
1: So I love Untethered Soul. That is oh, something, yeah. it's such a great book. But the other thing is not necessarily just a book, but the process. So for me, that was a book that that was the first book that I ever listened to as I was reading it. So it was different times, but it helped me stay in the present moment because I was learning the same thing. So maybe I would read fast on one day and then listen slow or, you know, the opposite. And it was it's just it helps me really absorb um, the the material. So I, I love that book and I love the process that that I've used on several of those books.
0: Yeah, Michael A. Singer is a great oh, author, isn't
1: he? Man, and The Surrender Experiment is just so good. Oh, yeah, love those. Yeah,
0: me too. I love it too. Can you share an app which helps you with mindfulness in any way?
1: Yeah, so Insight Timer probably would oh, yeah, be the, you most, mentioned that. Yeah, the most relevant um, and the most yeah. current at the moment for me. It's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's so flexible. I I use it every day. I think it's a great app, and just even as a timer, yep. it's awesome. You yeah. know, but it it has so much more as well. Well, it's awesome to talk with you, and I know that uh, uh, if you're listening to this, you might be thinking, okay, how do I spell Phoebe's name in order to get to her website, Phoebe uh, Murachek? And it's Phoebe is P H O E B E. So let's get that down. P-H-O-E-B-E. And Murachek is M-R-O-C-Z-E-K. So it's Murachek.com. Any other way we should connect with you, Phoebe?
1: Absolutely. So unbecomingpodcast.com is, um, I'm redoing my site at the moment. So I'm really proud of what that's going to look like in the next couple of days. So you can head over there. And I'm always on, in- I'm very available um, to people through Instagram, um, I show, I show a lot of my life just to encourage people to be more open and transparent about how they're really living. And so I show up every day on Instagram and you can always just send me an email. Um, I'm very accessible. And for a reason, because I want people, I want to be that person, you know, that doesn't have a million gatekeepers to get to me.
0: So Phoebe on Instagram, you're, you're there under your name, not your podcast name. Is that right?
1: That's right. So Instagram.com forward slash Phoebe Morocek. Yep.
0: Marachek okay Phoebe Marachek so we'll find you on social media we'll find how real you are and how much fun you are to connect with get yourself over to the Unbecoming podcast Mindful Tribe because it's really refreshing and it's really informative because Phoebe has, mind, has mindfulness nailed and she has wisdom nailed that she's willing to share with all of us so thank you so much for being here Phoebe
1: I am just so I mean speaking of gratitude i'm just really grateful to you for having me on here i'm excited to connect with you further and your tribe and i just appreciate so much what you're doing in the world and how you're spreading this mindfulness um you know mission of yours it's really a joy to witness to experience and to be a part of so thank you so much i really appreciate it
0: and yeah thank you too i can't wait to meet you in person and that'll happen one of these days absolutely
1: come to austin i would love to host (laughs) Uh,
0: you I would love to. You take care, Phoebe. Bye now. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest's name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash And remember what I mentioned at the top of the show, the Waves of Content Meditation. It's a guided meditation just for you, Mindful Tribe. It's free and it's very, very helpful to help you relax and get more focused. With more focus, you can get more things done in life that truly matter to you. On this meditation, I talk about waves and how the waves can bring you the more calm and more relaxed life you've been looking for, download this guided meditation to calm your mind and relax your body. MindfulnessMode.com slash Waves of Content. So remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.